0: Robots Radio, games, lore, stories, community. Just press play. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Robots Radio presents. You're listening to The Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. So Joe crit. I ran through the portal today and what I brought you a gift. What did you bring me? I brought you the new D and D book. Fizbin's treasury of dragons.
1: No, that's already here. That was what? Yeah. Like everything that has, that has been and is going to be released. Like I saw this like two weeks ago. Why didn't you tell shelf.
0: me? Why didn't you tell me about it? I don't know, It didn't seem
1: like something you might, you would be interested in. Uh,
0: fine. Well, I also didn't want to,
1: I wanted to wait until the material plane. Cause I don't think we're on the material plane when we're in this tower. I wanted to wait till the material plane had access to a four. We started talking about it. Cause I didn't want to be like, you know, that guy who's like, yeah, I've got something that you don't got.
0: And I can't keep secrets. And you didn't tell me because of that. Right? Yeah. Your loose lips sink ships. Well, then let's get to talking about this one, because I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, Toasty in the
1: uh, chat says, uh, if only the monk was in trash. I think
0: <laughs> the monk is pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking that, too. It's, it's pretty legit. But we're going to get like, to that. We're going uh, we'll to get to, to that. that. Yeah, we'll
1: get to all of that. Let's, yeah, Fizben's yeah. Treasury of Dragons. Ooh, yes. Oh. Uh, just got released, got pushed back a couple of weeks. And, um, it was finally out and the early reviews of it, uh, spoke very highly of it said that it was probably the best book that's come out in a good while. And like, I, I liked wild beyond the Witchlight. It was a fun campaign setting, like a fun, like adventure setting rather. Um, but this is the first time in a long time that I've gotten that same sort of like giddy lore excited
0: over a D and D book. Yes, <laughs> I'm excited because uh, chapter one is about uh, creating yourself as a dragon character. Yep. Oh my gosh! Can we start there? <laughs> let's go there. Yeah, character let's, creation. Let's, let's go. Do it. Let's go. What do we got for character creation?
1: Well, even even before the character cre- creation, um, sort of like the the preface. It starts off, it's called, uh, elegy for the first world. It's mm-hmm. like an in game or an in universe poem that like, uh, sort of like epic poem that tells the story of the creation of the first world, um, from dragons and how that kind of like splintered off into what is recognized as, as the, the universe now in D and D, which like I'd say, like that sort of lore stuff is exactly why we do mm-hmm. this podcast. Um, and so it was, again, like it got
0: me all like nice and giddy. Do do we want to read the poem? I mean, it's a pretty long poem. But it's pretty long, though. <laughs> so, but um, but no, I mean, like I
1: said, it's, like it's it's uh, epic style poem um, that tells the creation of the world, of the first world, like that that dragons created, and how there was um, a some sort of catastrophe that ended up splintering that world, and thus made the um the different like planes and worlds that we know now
0: it's it was it was a pretty I will say it was a pretty interesting poem if you have the chance uh go read it it's amazing character creation let's go woo all right let's go <clears throat> so from the folk hero dreaming of liberating their people from tyrannical blue dragons' reign to the idealist ac- acolyte who imagines purging the world of Tiamat's corruption, many adventurers aspire to be dragon slayers. That's that's the beginning of this area. Okay. Yeah. So as you read that, you're like, oh man, Ugh, we're gonna we're gonna be dragon slayers. Oh boo, but it goes in further to giving you more flavor for creating draconic races.
1: Yeah, it gives
0: you three different
1: uh sub races mm-hmm. that you can tinker around with rather than sort of like a a generalized catch-all the dragon race that was available before. You can now um specify it and and personalize it and um sort of, you know, go on a more unique path based on whatever option you pick.
0: Yeah. The three races, sub-races we have to choose from now are Chromatic, Gem, and Metallic.
1: Yeah, Chromatic and
0: Metallic are obviously like... Yeah. Th- that's, yeah, like,
1: I mean, that's what we've been dealing with for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gem uh, introduction is really cool. Yes. Um, and the lore behind that is really cool that... um that they were like sort of like a combination of the two that, um, and depending on like what um, facet of lore you want to subscribe to, um, they either, uh, you know, was, they were a, a like kindly union, like a a product of a kindly union Mm -hmm. or something that was kind of um, an, an unwanted.
0: Yeah. It, for me, though, I'm more excited about the gym dragons. Well, yeah, they're new. They're shiny. So yeah, of well, of course. Uh, but, but here's here's something I want to add to this. It's not just that they're shiny. It adds a whole new element to dragons. Because if you look through the pictures, not only of the gym dragons, which we will discuss later, dude, there is so oh. much amazing artwork in this. Yes, yeah, so much. Uh, the thing that I've that immediately stands out to me. Is the gym dragons' horns and spikes don't co- directly connect to their faces or body? Even yep. as a dragonborn, which is incredible. Yeah, they um, it's like it's like
1: missing a section. Like, yeah, it's like a it, like the curvature and everything. Mm-hmm. The anatomy seems like like it would be perfect, except it's like just there. It's missing a chunk. That's yes. like so it's like partly like floating in the air. Yep. But um so so to get a little bit deeper into the lore of it it says many worlds have myths and legends about bahamut and tiamat though these primordial primordial dragons are sometimes known by other names but elegy for the first world which is that epic poem that we talked about that's at the beginning of the book differs from nearly all those legends in its mention of sarador first born of dragonkind The poem suggests that Bahamut and Tiamat created Sarador together and that ruby red Sarador then joined with Bahamut to craft the metallic dragons and with Tiamat to craft the chromatic dragons. So the poem theorizes or or posits that this, like the product of the first of dragon kind is product of these two, Primordial dragons, mm-hmm. then, like, sort of coupled with both of them to then form the dragons that they're best known for the chromatics and the metallics. So, that's See, very cool.
0: It is. I, and I found that part most interesting because we have rarely ever heard of Tiamat and Bahamut working together to do anything. They despise yeah. each other. Yeah. To work together to create an entirely new entity. Is insane.
1: I mean, yeah, and I don't even know if it's if it's them working together. And this is just this at this point, this is just dragon theory. Yeah, uh, it just might be the, that they're. I mean, they they talk about in the book. They talk about the these two having this sort of primordial magic, and that magic mm-hmm. is sort of. Uh, it can be said that it's that's what permeates the material plane. That's where magic comes from. Is these two ancient dragons? These two um primordial dragons. And so it just might be the fact that you know both their magics are clashing against each other. And it creates this this other gem dragon. Exactly. And so it might not even be that they're like you said they, they despise each other. They're they're ancient foes always at odds. And so it might not be like, hey, let's get together and see what we can come up with. <laughs> it might be um sort of a an accident that that stemmed from their magic being so closely held together.
0: It, and then another thing it could be is it could be the fact that their magics were primordial and <laughs> what we know about primordial magic, it is very untamed. Hard to, it's hard yeah. to control. So what the, another theory here is, is that maybe they knew this and knew that the only way forward for both dragon kinds was to create a third, basically impartial party that they could use to further their kinds.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's what, um, it goes on to say that, that, um, some dragons who have studied this poem, the elegy of the first world, uh, believe that Sardor was destroyed and shattered along with the first world and that the Ruby Dragons splintered consciousness became the gem dragons on the new worlds of the material plane. So like that, that sort of idea that, They created this dragon to sort of um, trickle down Mm -hmm. into the rest of the universe. Is it completely off base, you know, coming from like sort of of along in the same ballpark as Sardor was destroyed and then his consciousness now creates the other gem dragons?
0: Yeah. And I can see why they would want to destroy him, because essentially both of their powers are combined to create this one entity. Absolutely, you know it's it's the it's just like the old saying that you know your children will be the better version of you. It's the more improved, more well. I can outrun and beat up all my kids. <laughs> I don't know
1: what you're talking Wait about. Wait till they're older.
0: <laughs> but anyway, we're gonna sit here and talk about this all day. Let's get into some of these stats, okay? So for chromatic dragons, <clears throat> your stats are your your basic. You're a humanoid your walking speed is 30 feet and you have Chromatic Ancestry. Uh, having Chromatic Ancestry allows you to choose one kind of dragon from the Chromatic Ancestry table and you basically get their damage type uh, along with um, resistances I'm, and other things.
1: Yeah, that's typical th- for the three. Yeah. Like you, each, yep. uh, you each get a breath weapon mm-hmm. that's um, that's indicative of the type of dragon that you are you each get, you know, re- resistance that's indicative of the
0: type of dragon you are. So that's like, that's uh, across board, the same for the three sub races. Exactly. Um, there's, there's not really a whole lot of difference here for these guys. Uh, other than your chromatic. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: exactly. Like um, it's just, like I said, it's, it's kind of indicative of, the sort of um, damage and resistance Mm -hmm. that
0: you want. And it's, it's, it's the same for the Metallic Dragons. However, our Gem Dragons, they get some different ancestries. If you choose Amethyst, you get Force Damage type. Choosing Crystal gives you Radiant damage, Emerald, Psychic, Sapphire is Thunder, and Topaz is Necrotic damage. Now this is interesting because prior to the gym dragons being introduced, we really didn't have access to these damage types as even dragons, right? Right. So I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, uh,
1: what's really cool is that they one of their uh, racial fe- or traits is psionic mind. They have telep- telepathy. Mm-hmm. With anyone within 30 feet. I, I read that and immediately thought, rogue. Oh my gosh. All rogue. the way. <laughs> Roguing it or, up. And or not even that, like, or um like any like um like let's say you have a larger party, you have a bard as sort of the um as a leader, more or less. Like at that point, they're able to uh sort of direct traffic in combat.
0: Oh yeah oh yeah so they're the most exciting out of the new introductions of sub races I feel like at this point we should branch into subclasses they've introduced a couple new subclasses to the uh, within fist yeah
1: they've got a a monk subclass and a ranger subclass so do we want to cover these absolutely have the stage Serge. <laughs> so the monk subclass is the way of the ascendant dragon and it's um essentially what you it's one of the um monastic traditions that you're able to get That you are able to select at third level and so uh like the in in the book bisben himself like who's writing it uh, says that my favorite ascended dragon monks all narrate the bodily attacks allowed from with fun onomatopoeias. Swish kapow indeed. So at third level, you get draconic presence. If you fail a charisma, uh, or if you fail a charisma or, uh, pers- like intimidation or persuasion check, you can then use your reaction to re roll the check as you tap into the mighty presence of dragons. Now, once this feature turns a failure into a success, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. So you can actually attempt it and fail and still not lose it, which I thought was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. It's at first I looked at that and thought, that's a little overpowered, but then I started thinking about it and going, well, it's kind of robbery too. If you take it from somebody after they use it and they didn't succeed.
1: Uh, draconic strike, Um, you can, uh, use, you cause acid, cold, fire, lightning, or poison damage, uh, with your unarmed strike as a monk, you know, and then you can also speak draconic, uh, at third level features, you get a, yeah, you can get the breath of the dragon, which is channeling destructive waves of energy. You can take the attack on your turn. You replace one of the attacks with an exhalation of draconic energy in either a 20 foot cone Or a 30-foot line that is five feet wide, choose a damage type, acid, cold, fire, lightning, or poison, which, um, like the, um, draconic strike, it doesn't say that you have to pick one and then, and then always, always Mm -hmm. use that. You can change it up. So if you are fighting, depending on like what you're fighting, so you... You punch something and you know use acid damage, and the DM tells you uh, it doesn't seem to have affected it. Like, oh crap! Okay, well I guess it's immune to acid. Let's try something else. Uh, so you choose that the type of damage. Each creature in that area must make a deck save a throw against your key save, uh, taking damage of the chosen type. Equal the two rolls of your martial arts die on a failed save or half on a, successful, on a successful one. And then it goes up um, as you level up. Now, this is, the, this is, the, this is what uh, Toasty in the chat was talking about when he was saying that the monk was no good. The sixth level, wings unfurled. When you use your step of the wind, you can unfurl spectral draconic wings from your back that vanish at the end of your turn. While the wings exist, you have a flying speed equal to your walking speed. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. So it's not great, but it allows you to fly for one turn.
0: Yeah, but I can see where Toasty's coming from on this because you do activate it and have to use it in that same turn. No, for
1: sure. I mean, like it's it, it doesn't last uh, a minute in game time. So, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, 10 rounds or whatever, maybe, Um it's you know toward the end of your term, but it can allow you to uh, to get the high ground, yeah, it can allow you to uh make it escape. you know it's you know to me it's you know it's a lot of you know like a lot of stuff in d and d is you know situational circumstantial. Um, you know, I don't think that that is enough to to say that the the whole the whole subclass is terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely, um, definitely not fantastic. But then there's other stuff moving forward as mm-hmm. you get further along that I think is fantastic. Wolf lore says says that you're streaming uh, B for B, back for blood. Who cares? <laughs> he was, and now he's doing something else. Um, at eleventh level, you get frightful presence. Uh, when you create this aura and use as a bonus action, on so subsequent turns, you can choose a creature within the aura that creature or that target must succeed on a saving wisdom throw against your key, save DC or become frightened of you for one minute. So, you know, being frightened uh, def- as a player definitely sucks. <laughs> so being able to do that to an enemy combatant is fantastic. Uh, then also you get resistance to, um, a damage type. Um, so it says choose a damage type when you are, when you activate this aura, acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison, you and your allies within the aura have resistance to that damage that essentially like you're fighting a creature that deals out fire damage, Mm -hmm. you activate this aura. It essentially acts as a fire shield or a lightning shield. Or an acid shield. Not just to you, but to anyone, any of your companions that are in in that aura. And that's, uh, the aura is 10 feet from you for one minute. So you've got a 20 or a 10 foot circle all all around you that provides cover from these types of damage at 11th Mm -hmm. level. Yep. Uh, And then at 17th level, you get augment breath, which is uh, breath of the dragon. It's an exhalation of draconic energy, either a sixty-foot cone or a ninety-foot line that's five feet wide. It's essentially like the uh, what you would get uh, uh, the third level, but that much more powerful.
0: And that's uh, a bl- heck of a distance. That yeah, that's <laughs> far. Like I mean, that's 90 ridiculous. Feet. 90 feet
1: is, is ridiculous. You, ridiculous. You barely have enough uh, mat for that. <laughs> uh, you get blind sight. You can essentially see anything and everything within 10 feet of you. Explosive fury. When you activate your aspect of the worm, your chronic fury, which is what this 17th level sort of like, um, uh, uh, section is called aspect mm-hmm. of the worm. Yeah. Uh, when you activate your aspect of the worm draconic fury explodes from you choose any number of creatures you can see in your aura each of those creatures must succeed on a deck saving throw against your key save dc or take 3d10 either acid cold fire lightning or poison damage your choice
0: now that's intense (laughs) like i said like it
1: it starts off good at third level this uh This Monk subclass, this Way of the Ascendant Dragon, starts off pretty good at third level, sort of dips in quality at sixth level, and then comes roaring back (laughs) at 11th and 17th. So overall, I'd say it's, it's, it's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then we've got the Ranger subclass. The Drake Warden? The Drake Warden. Oh, yeah.
1: Now, this Ranger, you can actually uh, summon a, essentially a a smaller dragon that you can then, um, uh, that you can then mount at a certain point. So you summon this Drake and it's got, I mean, it's, it's the same as any sort of, uh, creature that you summon, uh, it, you know, it, um, has its own hit points. It has its own Mm -hmm. attacks, but you know, it also grows with you. So at third level, you're able to summon it as a third level Ranger. Um, you're, you're able to get this subclass as Drake warden. So you're able to summon this Drake, which has, uh, five plus five times your Ranger level for hit points. So at third level you would have this Drake would have at least 20 hit points. Like I said, it has its own attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a uh, bite attack. It's got Infused Strikes for its Reaction. Uh, Seventh level, you're actually able to ride it. It's grown to a level. It's grown to a size that you're able to mount the Drake and ride it. Uh, It's got Magic Fang. The Drake's Blue uh, Bite Attack deals an extra 1d6 of damage. Uh, Resistance, you gain resistance to the damage type. Chosen for the Drake's Draconic Essence. Now at 11th level, the Drake gets its own sort of like breath attack. Uh, as an action, you can exhale 30 foot cone damaging breath or cause your Drake to exhale it. So you could be on one side of the combat doing your thing and the Drake's on the other side and your Drake could then use this, uh, use this, uh, breath attack. To cause damage. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, And it's 8d6 on a failed save.
0: Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then at 15th level, it increases the 10d6. I'm not upset about this. If you were trying to get me to not play this class, you're failing miserably. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. And then
1: at uh, 15th level, it's known as Perfected Bond. So your bond to your Drake reaches the pinnacle of its power. While your Drake is summoned, you and the Drake gain the following benefits. Empowered uh, bite, the Drake's bite attack once again increases. It deals an extra 1d6 uh, for a total of um, 2d6 extra damage. Uh, and now grows to a large size. When you ride your Drake, it is no longer prohibited from making from using the flying speed. Uh, from the uh, bond of uh, Fang and Scale and then it also has reflective resistance when either you or the Drake takes damage while you're within 30 feet of each other you can use your reaction to give yourself or the Drake (laughs) resistance to the instance of damage you can use this reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus
0: yes (laughs) yes that's all I got to say about that yes that's very cool (laughs) Ranger me up. I'm ready. I
1: mean, between the two, I think Monk is cool, but between the two, I think Ranger is definitely better. Uh, sure. Then it's also we've also got some feats that you know I, that's one thing that uh, I I miss from the the you know older editions mm-hmm. is the feats um, and you know they've they've done like you know they've they've got the optional feat rule that you can play with them if you want and they've included some. Uh, you've got uh, Gift of the Chromatic Dragon, which uh, you get Chromatic Infusion as a bonus action. You can touch a simple or martial weapon and infuse it with one of the following damage types, Acid, Cold, Fire, Lightning, or Poison. Uh, for the next minute, the weapon deals an extra 1d4 damage of that chosen type. Uh, then you also get Reactive Resistance. When you take Acid, Cold, Fire, Lightning, or Poison damage, you can use your react reaction to give yourself resistance to that instance of damage. You can use this reaction number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. So, much like um, the reflective resistance from the Drake Warden subclass, you're able to sort of, you know, shrug that off. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's two... Uh, so, that's Gift of the Chromatic Dragon. You also got Gift of the Gem Dragon and Gift of the Metallic Dragon. Uh, Gift of the Gem Dragon... Gives you an ability score increase. It increases your intelligence, wisdom, or crisp score by a one to a maximum of 20. Oh yeah. So if it's already at 20, you won't be able to no, raise no, it up to 21. No, no fun for you. <laughs> uh, and then telekinetic reprisal. When you take damage from a creature that is within 10 feet of you, you can use your reaction to emanate telekinetic energy. The creature that dealt damage to you must take, must make a strength savings throw. Uh, on a failed save, the creature takes 2d8 force damage and is pushed up to 10 feet away from you. So a creature attacks you, you can use your reaction to sort of like, you know, Star Wars, like, force attack it. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And then if it fails at strength throw, it does 2d8 damage and you can also push it up to 10 feet away from you. Now, on a failed throw... On a failed save or rather, I'm sorry, on a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage and isn't pushed. So it still does, uh, still manages to do some damage, but in, but obviously you want to mm-hmm. fail. you always want your, your enemy to fail. Yeah. Yeah. And then the feat for the metallic dragon, you get draconic healing. You learn the cure wound spell and you can cast this spell without expending a spell slot. Once you cast a spell in this way, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. Uh, you can also cast a spell using spell slots that you do have. Uh, it's a spell casting ability is intelligence, wisdom, or charisma when you cast it with this feat. And then you choose what you want to, which of those three abilities you want to, um, you want to cast it under when you, mm-hmm. when you gain the feat. Yeah. Um, So that's cool. Like, I mean, that's essentially, uh, like a once per long rest cantrip, Mm -hmm. or if you, uh, but it says you can also cast it, um, but you can also, uh, cast it using a spell slot. So you can actually cast it more than once per long rest. You can use it for, you can essentially cast it for free one time, And then if you, you know, if you're, you know, back against the wall, you can actually use a spell slot to cast it again. And then you've got protective wings. You can manifest protective wings that shield you or others. When you or another creature you see within five feet of you is hit by an attack roll, you can use your reaction to manifest spectral wings from your back for a moment. You grant a bonus to the target's AC equal to your proficiency bonus against the attack roll potentially causing it to miss. You can use this reaction number times equal to your proficiency bonus. So based on how that's written, you can actually, you, you would have to wait until after either yourself or your companion is hit after a successful hit. Mm-hmm. So it's not one of those things like, well, I want to use this and then they roll the attack and it would have missed anyway. Yeah because it says uh is hit by an attack roll so this is after the hit has been confirmed that you can then use this feat to potentially cause um that that hit to miss.
0: I love how they've I love how they've added so many great feats to this one I, I it's 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 just it's mind boggling. They've actually taken the time to come up with some great feats that are draconic styled. I love it. I I'm in love with these feats.
1: I mean, and here's the thing is we've only discussed the sub races and the sub hmm We've got to get to the middle of the show and we still have, I mean, there's, there's way too much in this book to discuss in one hour.
0: We may have to do a part two to this. We may, we may, we may do a part two. We
1: may um include it as a bonus patron episode mm. for for those of you who are Patreon supporters, uh like a more a deeper dive into the book. Yeah. But I mean, regardless, uh like there's there's a lot of content there in is. these like 250 pages.
0: There is. All right, so let's take a mid break and get to thanking our patrons. All right, we're in the middle of so, Sergio. We're in the middle of it. We're in the middle. Ooh. <laughs> so let's go ahead and take some time to thank our patrons, Sergio. Yeah, let's go ahead and
1: thank uh, all the fine folks that are helping support this show with their hard-earned ducats. Uh, we've got Daniel, who is our uh, apprentice patron. Uh, and our newest patron thank you Mm -hmm. so much daniel p for helping us out uh and then on our scholar tier we've got wolf the sheepdog and remington Clôtier. thank you two again for for supporting us financially and uh stagger and stumble and jonathan sutter and chris mitchell are our wizard patrons thank you three so much and of course we would be remiss to not mention Maverick and Lupus are deity patrons. They get access to every single piece of bonus content that we create. They are able to play at our monthly D and D campaign that crit, um, that crit is DMing and, and is, is, you know, creating the, the story for uh, the, and, and all these tiers, you get all sorts of bonuses, mm-hmm. dot uh, patreon.com slash D and D lore cast for as low as five bucks a month. You can get early episodes ad free episodes, stickers, you know, $10 gets you access to all the bonus episodes that we make, uh, including the, uh, the D D campaign episodes that, w- that will be recorded. And even if you aren't, even if you, uh, even if you aren't a patron, if you even if you can't sign up on Patreon, just listening to us is, more than enough, more than I could ever hope for, uh, telling a friend, uh, you know, your coworker who you think might be into D and D or is looking to get into D and D, uh, let them know that's, that's more than enough for us.
0: Mm-hmm. We thank you. And we love you patron and listener alike. <laughs> yes, we love you all. So with our patrons and listener, thanks out of the way. I'm going to bring today something of incredible confusion. So I have been diving into the deep dive of the internet and I have found in my favorite place to go find my minis again, minisgallery.com. We are coming out with in February three, not one, not two, but three Storm King's Thunderbox sets. Mmm nice Each one will contain five minis And I will go through each one individually So in box set one We are going to get uh, King Hecaton We're going to And I can never pronounce this name So I'm going to butcher it and I apologize Uh, Zalkin Alessander I believe might be the right one I did (laughs) Uh, We're going to get Queen Neri Uh, Lord here's another one I butcher all the time Caspir, Dryland Dryland That was terrible Dryland <laughs> And we're going to get Eguron Spirit That is in box set 1 <clears throat> In box set 2 We're going to get Princess Mirren Kella Darkhope Princess Nim Pao Ming And Princess Sarasa so that's box set two, and I'm I'm pretty stoked for that one in particular. And in the final box set, box set number three, we're going to get Zephros. Zep- oh my gosh, I, I'm telling you, these ha- names are so hard for me to pronounce. Zephyrus, uh, Yak Folk Warrior. Now that one, I don't have one yet, and I'm going to have to get one. <laughs> Well, as far as the names go, they are made up. So I can yeah, understand true, yeah. the difficulty. Yeah, it's very terrible. It's very difficult. Uh, Limfrith, li, Lim, Limrith. There we go. Limrith and Hashnag the Grim. Okay. Now, if you're not familiar with the Storm Kings uh, campaign, it's focused around giants. So a lot yeah. of these miniatures are going to be giant based. In fact, uh, they're, as far as I'm looking through here, there is only two miniatures so far that have been confirmed to be medium sized. The rest are going to be large and huge sizes, nice so in yeah. keeping with the uh, with the giantness of the. Uh of that uh, adventure. Oh yeah, and they do look pretty gnarly. I will say I'm not going to bring them up tonight because it's a lot of windows to open and a lot to bring up. Um, but we'll, if you want uh, to, if you want to check them out yourself, yeah. you can go to minisgallery.com and just look up the Storm King's Thunder box sets.
1: And we'll uh, we'll link to them in the the Discord channel on Robots Radio for the D and D Lorecast. Um, speaking of the Robots Radio Discord. We are still we are in the final days, but we are still giving away a hardcover special edition of the Haunt Trilogy, the Haunt, the Haunt 2 and the Haunt 3. And by going to the Robots Radio Discord and going to the d and Lorecast channel, there is a pinned message that is the official giveaway message. All you have to do to earn a entry to win is to react to that message. Post a little emoji on there and you've earned yourself one entry. A second way to gain an entry is to follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash almighty crit. Anyone following the channel will get an automatic entry. That's two. A third and final way to gain an entry is going to Twitter, twitter.com slash DND Lorecast. The pinned tweet on that account is also the official giveaway post. All you have to do is either like or retweet that and you'll gain a third entry to win this amazingly beautiful book. Uh, (laughs) I am jealous that I might create dummy accounts so that I can try to finagle my way to, to winning it. Um, so I don't have to buy it because I will buy it. I'll, I'm, I'm going to have to buy it myself. I'm currently going through the haunt for the first time with uh, my friends, and they're they're bugged out completely. Like they don't trust anything. They're so on, they think everything is going to try to kill them. They don't want to like <laughs> do anything wrong. Like I walk up, I say, like there's a window to the left. Like, don't, don't, don't go near the window. Don't go near the window. I don't know what's going on with that window, but don't go near it. Uh so it definitely um, it definitely, uh, if you're looking for like a, a spooky adventure, uh, there's three of them in there that are all fantastic. And um Speaking of, and that's it's available on the DMs Guild. And speaking of the DMs Guild, let's go ahead and mosey on to the DMs Guild corner. Oh, yes. Uh, in keeping with all the dragon talk that we got going on this evening, uh, I am going to suggest the Dragon Games, which is I was a, hoping you would. <laughs> which is an adventure by Stephen Jasper Orr, Bill Petrino, DJ Brewer... And Wizard Sleeve Studios. Dragons are respected throughout the realms for their longevity and immense power. A single dragon can wreak havoc on entire regions. Kingdoms have assembled entire armies in order to vanquish troublesome dragons, only to have those armies obliterated by a few blasts of the dragon's breath. Uh, it goes on to say the dragon games send adventurers racing to find an infamous blue dragon's lair to steal an egg and return it to the finish line. The opposing teams will do whatever it takes to get the egg, and there are very few rules to adhere to. Picks, cunning, planning, and fortitude to get through the obstacles, claim the egg, and deal with enemies trying to steal it, and reach the finish line in one piece. For the winning team, fame and fortune awaits. Uh, think of this as sort of... Um, Hunger that, Games. <laughs> when I was, was going to say the Triwizard Tournament in Harry Potter. Oh, okay, where they're, yes. where they're trying to get the the dragon's eggs. They're all competing against each mm-hmm. other. Um, and so you can have three opposing teams, uh, going against each other. Uh, and it can be, uh, it's got PVP mechanics, so you can actually have, you know, as opposed to like, you know, one team of players against two NPC teams or three NPC teams, uh, you can actually have all the players against each other and it's 495 on the DMS guild. Heck of a buy. Oh yeah. Uh the art looks great. You know, I can't like I I pull it up in my research and I'm like, I'm gonna have to buy that. I'm gonna have to recommend it. hmm
0: Yes. Um and while we're in the spoopy month, I do oh, still... Oh, real quick,
1: Lupus says capture the flag. I'm like, that's pretty much it. It's yeah, pretty like much dragon capture yep. the
0: flag. Yep. Uh while we're in the spoopy month, I cannot. I cannot recommend enough because we just got doing a live play and it's coming out this Friday of Stuart's What's So Rotten About Zombies Defending an Agent Temple. It was a blast. It was an absolute blast to play and it is really cheap to pick up and it's an amazing game to play with your friends. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, Yeah, the,
1: the rule set is simple. Yes. It's I mean, you don't necessarily need to have experience in tabletop role-playing games. Nope. You can teach it to just about anyone and have a lot of fun with it.
0: And honestly, it was so simply re- it was so well written and simple that we I I managed to put pick the book up, read it for about 10 minutes total, understood the whole game mechanics.
1: Start playing. Yeah.
0: Done. It's like wonderful.
1: Those are those are the best games because you know, there there isn't a whole lot of like legwork to get into. Like you mm-hmm. said, you can read it for a little bit and then start playing almost immediately, and yep. still have fun with it. Yep. Again, simple. You know, it's a very uh, like nuanced and subtle simplicity that you know on the on the surface it seems really easy, but there's so much depth to it. Oh, the way yeah. that it's written, the way that's put together, that you can enjoy it so much.
0: Oh yeah. So, all that being said. Let's go to the end of the show. Let's go. Ah! Well, there's our scream. That means we're towards the end of the show. We're towards the end of the show. Yeah, we don't have a, a whole lot of time left. We don't. So I feel like we should skip right ahead to some of our new dragons. And I want to focus on a few of them.
1: And I've already decided if, uh, we're, we're, I'm going to do a deeper dive into this for our patrons. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're, uh, if you're interested in getting a closer look at what Fizbin's treasury of dragons has to offer, then that episode will be up relatively soon. As soon as I'm done reading the thing, <laughs> I only, it's only two days old at this point. I haven't gone through, I've, I got through a lot of
0: it, but I haven't gone through, uh, yeah. I haven't, I, I got through a lot of it, but not all of it. It's 157 pages long, but there's a lot of content in these pages. Um, You got to get through the bestiary, too. uh, yeah. Yeah. So let's focus on a few dragons here. So I really want to focus on dragon turtles. Obviously. Obviously. Our ghost dragons. We have to hit those. And I really, really want to focus on our elder brain dragons. I definitely wanna talk about the Draconians as well. All right, so let's start with Draconians. All right, the Draconians.
1: Draconians are bipedal monsters born from dragon eggs that have been corrupted or warped by powerful magic. Most often, this corruption is a deliberate act, the work of an aspiring tyrant seeking to transform stolen eggs into a Draconian army. A single corrupted egg yields several draconians of the same kind. Draconian might be taken for a dragonborn at first glance, though most kinds of draconians have wings. When draconians die, they do not go quietly. Instead, their lifeless bodies unleash a last act of magical violence.
0: That is crazy.
1: <laughs> uh, and so you have different. Like I said, like these. These are. Um, these are the the offspring of dragon eggs that have been warped by magic it says usually like someone trying to create this draconian army so as a result you have um like different types of soldier essentially mm-hmm. you have the draconian dreadnought you have the draconian foot soldier the infiltrator the mage the mastermind um the the shard So these, uh, so these are all like different types of draconian, um, like sub races that you could use or like subspecies or so. Uh, and these are, uh, I think it was toasty. You mentioned them in the chat. Like these are freaking cool. Like these are especially like, um, like a mastermind or the mage, like these could be like right hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, monsters to like the big bad like oh, these could yeah. be like like the odd job or uh, or um, the um, I'm drawing a blank infamous right hand men right hand men yeah
0: yeah it was, it was I already drew a blank <laughs> yeah they I'm excited to be able to introduce these into my campaigns and honestly that's the first thing I thought of when I read about them was Oh, these are going as henchmen. These are going. As oh no, absolutely, men. definitely yeah. right-hand men.
1: Like, and what's there's there's a, this beast area that they've included uh, is one of the and in a book full of great stuff. This is one of my favorite things about the book because I like to include like the newest, coolest monster mm-hmm. in my campaigns.
0: So. Let's dive into Dragon Turtles. Dragon Turtles! Dragon Turtles! Okay, so I'm going to read a little blurb here. Dragon Turtles are mighty creatures whose inherent magic is intimately linked with the oceans of the material plane. The Dragon Turtle presented it. the Monster Manual is typically an adult, at least a century old and boasting a valuable hoard. You can use the stat blocks in this section for older or younger Draconic Turtles. Now that's the part that I wanted to talk about. They gave us a stat block for younger and older Dragon Turtles. It's not just Dragon Turtle anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, you've got yeah. So you've got ancient and young. Yes, and that's the incredible part. I mean, right here, ancient Dragon Turtles is a mystic, mythic creature akin to great, to a great worm, combining the power of multiple echoes. From across the world's a material plane. Such a creature can be as large as an island. There's your campaign right there. The I mean, dragon like, turtle can be a whole campaign. The the art that they have to correspond with this,
1: like it looks like mm. a like a like a crag, like a craggy island come to life. Yes. And just the size of it, like you've got several large boats in the water in front of it. And they're completely dwarfed by the size of this.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's incredible. And it's its abilities are nothing to scoff at either. I mean, it has an ability called the boiling aura, which it radiates intense heat. And until the start of the dragon turtles next turn, whatever a creature starts to turn within 20 feet, the creature must succeed a DC 24 constitution saving throw or take 40 or it's 98 of fire damage.
1: The 24 constitution saving throw.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And being underwater does not grant any bonuses or resistances. Nothing. Like you're, you're taking it one way or the other.
1: <laughs> yeah. We, we have an episode plan on uh gargantuan creatures, like, we might dive deeper into the the dragon turtle for that I, episode.
0: I really want to. I really want yeah. to. When we start talking about the big boys, that's why I don't want to go too much in depth with them right now. Um, because we will definitely get deeper into the dive with them when it comes to... The, we're talking about the giant monsters. Um, so let's go ahead and skip to the Elder Brain Dragon. <clears throat> now, when we saw artwork of this one... Everybody Creepy. lost their mind. Creepy, Creepy AF. Yes. So, one of the few consolations available to those who must contend with a mind flare colony is the limit of its reach, which spreads only as far as the influence of the colony's elder brain. But this small solace withers away when a colony manages to capture a dragon. Enough I said mean- there. <laughs> I mean,
1: I hate mind flayers. I mean, even though I've got one staring at me at all times uh, on my desk. Uh, (laughs) But the idea of a mind flayer colony capturing a dragon is the most terrifying thing. Like it legitimately scares me in real life. And I know all that stuff is fake.
0: Uh. It's it well, the picture alone is terrifying. I mean, this thing's yeah, got, it, it tentacles and its tongue has 16 tongues coming out of the one tongue. It's it's terrifying and it's got terrifying abilities like, uh, well, I mean, tadpole brine breath. It ex- exhales a 120 foot line that's 15 foot wide. Each creature in that area must make a 22 constitution saving throw, taking 10d10 psychic damage on a failed save, If the creature isn't a construct or undead, it becomes infested with illithid tadpoles. Basically it's another way for them to try to take over another body. Yep. That is that's what, terrifying. That's, that's what mind players do. It's basically a D and D xenomorph. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that's enough on the elder brain. Let's dive into one of the last dragons here.
1: Ghost dragons. Ghost
0: dragons. I'll let you take the floor on this one.
1: And before, before we get uh, into that, like there's, like I said, the bestiary is, is fantastic in this book. Uh, there aren't just, you know, giant uh, like epic level dragons. To take on, there are lower-level uh, creatures mm-hmm. that your can't that your party can can fight if they're, you know, in, in single-digit levels, or you know, it's not just necessarily just huge giant monsters or dragons that, uh, that are included. That being said, the ghost dragon is huge and terrifying. Bisbin says, "I'll have you know, Bisbin the Fabulous is not afraid of ghosts. I am, on the contrary." deeply saddened by the reality of their existence and maybe just a little bit creeped out <laughs> a dragon's attachment to a hoard can be strong enough to bind the dragon's spirit to existence after death such a ghost dragon haunts the hoard often forming an attachment to a single priceless object that becomes the focus of the ghost dragon's undead existence that obviously being in keeping with the the dragon's sort of uh, reputation for hoarding wealth Mm-hmm. And and treasures and gold and yep. all that stuff. So there's something, a, a crown, a goblet, yep. uh, a sword, a weapon of some kind. Um, some single prices object that it, that the, the spirit of this ghost, of this dragon, is now attached to. A ghost dragon is a translucent and an incorporeal version of the original dragon though its breath weapon resembles ghostly flames lightning or acid it carries an otherworldly curse the breath shadow mist can induce waking nightmares
0: mhm yes yes that is the most terrifying aspect of this dragon is that it can literally attack you with the breath weapon and then you go into a nightmare catatonic state
1: so the terrifying breath it exhales shadowy mist in a 90-foot cone. Each creature in that area, which, I mean, if you're fighting, I mean, 90 feet, a 90-foot cone, you're probably going to be in that area. Mm-hmm. Each creature creature in that area must make a DC 21 constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the uh, target takes 9d8 cold damage and is frightened for one minute. On a successful save... Uh takes half as much damage, but is not frightened. So you better hope you make that saving throw. So if you fail while you're frightened of this ghost dragon for, for a minute creature is paralyzed. The frightened creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of their next turn, offending, uh, uh, ending the effect on it, uh, on success. So. is your basic frightened sort of conditioned except for you're paralyzed except except <laughs> that rather than you know if you're frightened you can't approach the creature that you're frightened of right mm-hmm. so uh, a vampire frightens you you uh, and they're 20 feet away you're like the, the vampire can approach you but you're not getting any closer than 20 feet to that vampire as oh, long yeah. as you're frightened oh, uh, you yeah. can move away you can like move around But with this effect, you can't move at all. That's it. You're You're taking taking 98 damage and you're stuck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's terrifying. I actually actually had one of these uh, in the previous campaign of the Fumbling Four. Um, One of the players had actually grabbed a coin from a simple coin purse. And attached to that coin was this Weird looking infant dragon and it would not leave the side of whoever held the coin. Well, eventually the coin was returned to the dragon. The character who was in possession of the coin gave it back to the dragon, said it's yours. Mm -hmm. I actually gave this character the ghost dragon as a pet. Yes. Um, And I added a little bit of flavor to it, which... I will do today... Little Zazz? Yes. As our... We'll say ability of the day. I'm not, we're not going to do an item this time. I, mean, I guess it can go in the item category. Um, So, <clears throat> my my item today is an infant ghost dragon that has the ability to possess the user.
1: Like? The character. You're like, okay, okay, yeah.
0: okay. So during this possession, as long as you have a strong bond with this dragon, you can use it as the same way you would do uh, You use ethereal sight. Um, at this point, if you're possessed, in layman's terms, you can affect the ethereal plane. In every way, shape, or form. So, okay. you okay. can see, you can fight the ethereal plane, everything. The only catch-22 with this is is that by using this, not only do you weaken yourself for the remainder of the day, but you also weaken your dragon comrade. So after the possession is over, each one of you will take one point of exhaustion. okay. I like that. Yeah. It's 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 not a crazy item being, for the usual. Being
1: possessed isn't, you know, it's a it's a yeah. trying, arduous yes. affair.
0: Yes. And I you can do, assume. Oh, of course. <laughs> now you can use the dragon can use its dragon breath during the possession.
1: Right. Excellent.
0: Um, but again, this is an infant uh this is an infant ghost dragon. So it's not going to have the same abilities and the same power levels as a you know, ancient ghost dragon or even a you know, just a regular large ghost dragon. However, this ghost dragon unlike other ghost dragons, can mature and age with time. Okay. So, however, in order to do so, it needs to age double. So, double the time it would take for a normal dragon to age at certain periods. Okay. So, that
1: That, is our... You mentioned mentioned that there has to be a strong bond. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that entail?
0: Well, at this point, we can think of it the same way as we can think of uh, like a ranger with an animal companion. Okay. So it has to have that sort of bond, you know. Uh, You can, you know, you can, you can, you can add it up to a ranger animal companion or even, you know, a a wizard's um, familiar. You can count it type to these type of things. Chat is just going crazy right now. (laughs) So yeah, that is our quote unquote item of the day.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I can't say enough good things about this book. Um, You know, there's been some criticism of uh, D and D and their official uh, content that they're sort of just, repackaging older stuff the yeah. tried and true stuff um but with wild beyond the witch light we got a very unique and new adventure setting mm-hmm. uh one that is conceivably can be completed without a single combat encounter and not with any of the people i play with damn murder hobos no uh but but i assume uh i assume there are players who, who don't uh who don't subscribe to that theory of, of conflict <laughs> resolution. Um, and then with this, with the Fizbins, you know, there is so much, there's so like with combined with the lore, with the, the sub races and subclasses and the bestiary and the spells that we didn't even get into, we didn't even get the uh, chance to discuss the spells. This is exactly what I am looking for in a D and D book something that adds a little bit of flavor
0: to just about every aspect of the game i have to say if you haven't picked this one up yet and you're debating on it don't debate just buy it just get it pick it up take it home love it cherish it forever because it's amazing it is a great addition
1: i'm disappointed i wasn't able to get the alternate cover because (laughs) my work schedule and my uh local game store. Uh, their hours of operation—they're—they're they're the exact same, so I, <laughs> oh, I, no. I couldn't like I couldn't go in or like yeah you know, I couldn't go in first thing and pick it up, and I couldn't go after work and pick it up. I would have to wait until the weekend, which I was like I, I can't do that. I got to get it immediately. So
0: the, oh, of course, mm-hmm. of course. But at any rate, Sergio, do you have anything to share with our lovely audience? Uh, well, thank you so much for listening.
1: Uh, I can't stress that enough. How grateful I am. That you're spending your time listening to us talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, it's a literal dream come true of mine. If you want to continue, if you want to listen to more of my thoughts and feelings and emotions and, and ponderings, uh, I also have another podcast called Phantom University where me and my best friend, Sean Hamill, who wrote, uh, Cosmology of Monsters, a couple of years back, um, very well-received horror novel, uh, him and I, do like sort of deep dive scholastic looks into different topics. We've done Resident Evil. We've done the Alien franchise. You mentioned Xena Morse earlier. Uh, we just finished up uh, Halloween, Michael Myers, Lori Strode, uh, where we discussed, um, you know, those movies, in addition to the to Halloween Kills, that just came out. And uh, here in, uh, in a couple of weeks, or next week, actually, uh, we'll dive into Eternals, because we got a brand new Marvel movie coming out. And so very excited to see like exactly why Disney decided to make a movie about the superhero team that almost no one knows anything about.
0: I am super stoked to hear that dive in, to be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm reading waiting. the old comics, reading the old comics, I, I can see,
0: well, you'll just, you'll have to, uh, you'll have to listen. You have to listen. It's University. To, you, have listen. you have to listen. So... As we wrap up the show, I'm going to share my other shows, obviously, but first I want to say a huge thank you to our our Twitch community Um, because of all the love we get from you guys and all the subscribes, we're finally able to reach affiliate here and that's wonderful. But I want to say why we're doing it because I wanted to add more income into giving more back to this podcast more back to you. This isn't about us making stupid money because now we're on Twitch. No, it's about giving you guys more content. The more money we have to throw at this thing, the better it will be. You know, better, better. We got better tier rewards for the Patreon. We'll get better, you know, better gifts, more more giveaways. That's a huge thing. We, Me and Sergio both talked. We want to do more giveaways. And another thing we can start doing is, is the more income we come in, the more charity work we can do, it's a huge thing for both me and Sergio. We want to do tons of charity work, um, but again, I can't thank you guys enough. Thank you so much for helping us reach this point. You're all wonderful, uh, and thanks again to our listeners for just listening. You know, it's it's I, we keep saying it back and forth, back and forth. We we love doing this, and we we can't believe we're doing this, and it's wonderful. Um, it's truly a wonderful opportunity that you all have given us and, uh, going forward. I hope we can do so much more for you, but all that being said, and now that I have, uh, my, my, my cry eyes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's emotional. It is. Thoughts and it feelings. Is. It is But really is. quick. We want
1: to thank, uh, I want to thank Lupus for gifting a sub to Wolf's lore and yes. Wolf's lore, paying it forward <laughs> and gifting a sub to three gun Pete and then text 10 star also
0: subscribing. Yeah, it's uh, the the chat's been going crazy this whole time. <laughs> but anyway, let's jump to the end. Um, so we also they, we, here at the Fumbling Four area, we do a ton of shows. Um, so many shows. We, and we're adding more and to the more, roster. More to come. More to come. And I'm going to talk about those now because we have confirmed dates. So we all have already released Avatar Journey of the Elements. Dude, I'm so excited for that. Oh, my gosh. Um, we just recorded an episode two last night, and it's it's pretty good. Um, so Avatar Journey to the Elements, it's the Avatar Legends uh, TTRPG. We are live playing. Um, we have, of course, our Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries, which is our seventh edition Call of Cthulhu pod, where we live play that. We have Cyberpunked, our Cyberpunk Red live play, and that's Cyberpunk apostrophe D. And here's the newest one. And I'm I'm waiting for everyone to freak out on this one. We are introducing Delta Green SCP Files live play where I will have the cast of the Fumbling Four play as agents within the SCP dealing with SCP situations.
1: I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Fumbling for is is a lot of fun. Like Fumbling yeah. Four and the Almighty Crits, it's a lot of you know, it's you're it's as irreverent as a D campaign can get. Oh uh, so of incorporating those personalities into <laughs> that into that game into Delta Green, that's I mean, that's a match made in heaven. Yes. Because yeah. it, the game itself is is bonkers it's and insane. wacky. Yeah. yeah.
0: I will say we've already we've already recorded the first episode. Um, it's going through final edits now. And we're going to be releasing that within, uh, with somewhere within the next two weeks. We're going to be releasing the first episode. Um, unfortunately, we are going to have to start it off as a bi weekly pod to start off with. Um, but as we get more episodes recorded and backlogged, we're going to throw it into a weekly pod. So just bear with us. We're trying to, we've got so many shows going on. Um, we're trying to shoot from the moon here. Um, so just bear with us and we're going to, you know, we're going to get them pumped out as quick as possible. Uh, but that said, we also have the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit live play 5e D&D podcast. Um, you also have Nights of Darkness. This is the other one that's coming out soon. Um, and the release date, I believe, is the 30th of next month. We are coming out with it. And Nights of Darkness is a set, is a podcast, is a live play podcast. Again, the first season will be Vampire the Masquerade. Love love <laughs> me some World of Darkness. <laughs> um, and we are going to go through all of the World of Darkness campaigns nice. and books. Fantastic. Um, but the first season is going to be Vampire the Masquerade. And of course... Last but not least, we have our Resident Evil lore cast where we explore and do a deep dive on all things Resident Evil. Uh, (sighs) Always, And now I can breathe. (laughs) Now you can breathe. I hope I didn't forget any. We have a lot of shows going on. (laughs) I mean, there's,
1: yeah, it's, you know, if you, if you enjoy this podcast, um, definitely check out, you know, any, the other shows that, that Crit and I do, you know, it might not be for you. But it might, or you might know someone, you might listen to it and be like, you know, it's not for me, but I know someone who would really dig it. And that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the most what we could ever ask for is, is a recommendation from you.
0: Yeah. So at any rate, I think it is time to bid everyone adieu. And again, thank you all for joining us.
1: I can't. I want to read Bispen's more. Like I can't.
0: I do. I know. <laughs> I wish I didn't have to sleep. Or work or do anything else but read DD books. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, on that note, till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DND Lorecast, or jumping on the Robust Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons and Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. Listening to a Robots Radio podcast.
1: Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.